welcome. Welcome to Conversations in Compassion, a podcast by Dignity Maine, a program of Agape Inc., and made possible by Coffee by Design Rebel Blend Fund. This is a different kind of podcast. Instead of interviews, we have conversations. This is my effort to demonstrate the examples of what I call compassionate conversation. Through these conversations, I hope to address the discord in our families, in our communities, and in ourselves, to focus on the greatest need of our time, the need for compassion. Welcome. Welcome, Rudy. Hey, Stephen. I've had this uh, amazing relationship with you for the last 15 years or so, and I've had a, been a witness to your journey of wellness, and I, I'd love to take this time and just talk about it and what it's been like. Well, it's, um, you know, wellness has been a theme, well, for probably all the 15 years, and defined on a lot of levels levels, the physical certainly, but the emotional, the intellectual, and the spiritual as well. And um, and I think a lot of it uh, precipitated with, with men's work, with being in a men's group and doing some men's retreats and having, um, beginning with very open conversation in a safe, non-judgmental setting, which was, which was unique. Uh, and scary, mm. um, and be able to talk about issues of wellness, things that worked, things that weren't working, mm. um, and try to understand and find a path towards increased wellness. Mm. It was almost the the atmosphere of non-judgment that started the process. It almost like the some desire to kind of be more open and more vulnerable. Yeah, I think that's right. It's it's something that I've experienced, and I've having been doing this work now for fifteen years and being in, seeing a lot of men come into group, et cetera. It's there's been a common thread that, um, and I don't think it's just men, but as men, sometimes we feel this this uh, this pull to to be providers and to be strong and to not show emotions. And when for me, when I do that, it, it can come out in um, sideways as uh, as anger, as rage, as addiction, as eating, as all these other things where uh, we don't talk about it. We talk about our jobs, maybe our families, maybe sports, et cetera. Um, or if we talk about it in a, in a group or with families, there's a lot of judgment, like mm-hmm. take, you know, suck it in, uh, work harder, um, be strong, be strong, or how dare you, like you're mm-hmm. doing, you know, that uh, a lot of shame and and a lot of shame happens internally. You don't you don't. There's a voice in your head that says um, uh, you're a bad person because of the amount of food that you're putting in your body or uh, or whatever the the thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a lot of positive things for me. Music has been a constant thread in my life, and I think a very healthy outlet for mm-hmm. those things. Um, along with other things that really were not contributing to wellness, that really need to take a look at. Um, and sometimes there's an attitude, well, just don't do it, just stop. Mm, you know, mm. somebody who, I know my dad was very, very proud that he gave up smoking. Mm. One day he realized he didn't want to do it and gave it up cold turkey. Mm. And that's what men do. 
just stop. Stop. Well, for him, smoking was providing something mm. in his life that he needed. Mm. Um, and I, growing up, I watched him replace smoking with alcohol. Mm. So the, the hole was there. He, f- he found a way to fill it. Uh, it didn't contribute to wellness. Um, and so that's one of the important things as you, as, as I examined or looked at and behaviors or where I was in my life, um, if I was going to make a change, what was the behavior doing that was providing a benefit? Because there's, there's, it's, it's a function. Benefit's an interesting word, but it, there's a function of behavior that's there for a reason. You're really describing very beautifully and cleanly like there's nothing wrong. It has a function, and it's not about judging it. And that's part of wellness is the th- you're th- rethinking. What's the benefit here? What's the benefit of eating or addiction or compulsion? Or what is it giving you? And once you start to know that, there's almost an, that awareness starts to help you sort the th- process out for yourself. And I think that the the real gift that the group work has done, both uh, in men's group and, and in, in other groups that I was in that were co-ed, is having a container where it's safe to say it out loud without shame or blame, without judgment as you work through it. And without without people giving you solutions. I mean, that's the other thing that everybody probably, but men especially like to do is solve problems. Mm, so mm. to be in a room and say, boy, I'm really struggling with, uh, with, with driving past a drive, a uh, drive through fast food restaurant without pulling in. And, um, and then people are jumping up and say, well, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Well, mm. I'm not, I'm not at this point, I'm not looking for the solution. I'm trying to understand the behavior and if I'm able to to say it out loud without a solution being presented to me, I might start to understand, oh, I understand now, maybe here's the function that that's i'm I'm leaving a stressful job. I'm heading for home. it's it's relieving the stress or something. There's something that it's doing mm-hmm. um, and and is there so once I understand that, then the behavior without judgment just becomes a thing. And I can start to understand there's negative consequences to that that are not moving me in the direction I want to go. So what's my step? What can I do? Not necessarily replace, but how can I change behavior to go in a direction that is really what I'm, I'm looking for? And recognizing that continuing to do that behavior is not going to get me where I want to be. But being able to come up that my, with, come up with that myself than having someone tell me or advise me or give me a whole bunch of, um, well, have you tried Weight Watchers? Have you tried OA? Have you tried this? Mm. Yes. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yeah. In fact, I probably know as much about nutrition as anyone in the room. <laughs> and that hasn't gotten me where I want to go. I just need to talk it through. Mm. You, you really mentioned almost a few minutes ago this, this sweetness, like driving by the drive through you know, that how many times that you drove in there and didn't want to and and didn't really kind of understand what that compulsion was about and you started to become more and more aware of it. And it wasn't through people telling you what it was about. It was about you learning it from within yourself. And I'm just curious about 
what was when, when was it the time that you decided that I can't do this drive through anymore? I'm aware now that it's a de-stressor, it's a, it's a lover, it's a connection, and not what I want. Well, it's a process. I've probably hit that place five times over the last 20 years. Mm. And recognizing that it's not working and making an attempt uh, at changing it and being successful. I've, I've gained and lost 50 to 80 pounds at least four times um, only to gain it back. Mm. Um, and then it feels like a failure. And I've really kind of re- tried to reframe that, that it was a learning. Mm. It, was, it, was, it was part of the process um, mm. of learning. Uh, most recently, so four or five years ago, um, uh, my marriage ended. It was quite contentious, really mm. stressful. Mm. And I really focused on wellness, um, some physical, made some changes, community, focused on my music, my job, my kids, my grandkids, and made a decision that I was a, I was a large person and I had adapted pretty well. I was quite functional. Mm. very active in, in, in many things. And there were things I couldn't do, but I had very successfully navigated and knew there were certain chairs I couldn't fit in. And it just, I developed all these techniques to ba- basically accommodate my size and made a decision, this was four or five years ago, that I was going to eat whatever I wanted, that it was mm. just too stressful to try to mm. do that at the same time. And that I kind of assumed I'd level off at some weight mm. and, but recognized that's, I'm going to be okay with that. Mm. Um, that was an interesting strategy. About <laughs> a year and a half ago, I started having some significant health issues related to weight, but they were kind of outside and um, ended up with back problems. I was having trouble walking. I was having some knee issues, et cetera, et cetera. I ended up in the hospital for a couple of days on an IV to get rid of an infection and realized that my strategy <laughs> that was very well justified I could have made the proof, but that my strategy was not sustainable and that I was um, slowly killing myself. And the bubble I created that I navigated in was getting smaller and smaller. There was mm-hmm. less and less I could do. I couldn't um, participate in some family activities. I couldn't go to, I love music. and I could, There was theaters with where the seats had arms I couldn't fit into. And so I just had stopped going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the, that year and a half ago, kind of the turning point where I had a very frank conversation with my um, primary physician, uh, which we'd started a year before, and he had suggested that I would be a candidate for um, surgical intervention. Um, and I went back in and, and said, tell me more about that. And then I, that started the research and the discussion and going to the open house and included my kids, included my family in the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting to find out in that discussion, how worried they were. Mm. And yet they'd, you know, they had never said anything. The doctor had never said anything about the weight. I'm the mm. one who brought up, you know, I suspect my weight's a contributor. And he says, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are my options? Let, tell me about surgical intervention. And it was a powerful thing. You just said that, that, that everybody around you, the doctor, everybody's silent. Yeah, everyone was tip, tiptoeing. Tiptoeing around as you were growing larger and larger and larger and your life was getting smaller and smaller. 
you know, and at the same time, I was successful at my, my, my job. We were doing great things. My, I, I was in two bands and we were getting more and more gigs and I was writing music. And so the time that we were together was extremely positive. And I think potentially people, they didn't want to ruin that. And they mm-hmm. were, they were worried, but they were also, you don't want to bring it up because we're all, we're getting along so well. I think, I think that's, but when I brought it up, we started having those discussions and mm. I started realizing how much they were accommodating me as well. Mm. And um, heard some books about it. And there was a part of me initially that just felt real shame and wanted to apologize. Mm. And I think thanks to Men's Group and thanks to work, I didn't. Mm. I said, thank you. Right. Thank you for loving me. Turning shame into gratitude is a powerful tool. And it's been really helpful on my wellness journey. To really, when it feels shame, what is that about? And is there something to be grateful? And there's a ton to be grateful for. Well, um, and so uh, I joined a weight and wellness program through, um, I think I can say May Medical. Um, went to the open house and just learned a lot and worked with a nutritionist and a behavioral therapist and worked. It was a full six month of work prior to any kind of surgery date. Um mm-hmm. And uh, lost a lot of weight and just changed a lot of and a lot of things. Felt better. Uh, was part of a support group. Mm. And the other part about these groups where people are telling their journeys is you realize you're not alone. Mm. And that. And when I'm able to not give advice and I'm able to not ask questions and really listen, it's it the gift goes two ways. So mm. you realize, oh, th- this is we're all in this mm. um, and my ability to be compassionate with a peer who's also struggling with whatever it happens to be. And I can practice compassionate listening um, helps me to really appreciate when it, when I get it back as well. And um, so I started, uh, I started a blog about my journey, which was really helpful Um People were asking, what's your goal weight, et cetera? And I tried to put the number aside mm. because it's not, it wasn't about a number. It was about staying alive. Uh, what I learned through the program is that surgical intervention can lower my set point of what my body thinks is normal, which mm. is when you keep losing and gaining, your, your body thinks you're supposed to be that heavy. That made a lot. And by losing the weight, um, I could add 10 to 15 years to my life. Mm-hmm. And um, having gotten really close with my grandkids and my kids, that was really appealing to me. Um, and then I made a list of goals and the goals were all functional. I wanted to be able to get in a canoe again. <laughs> I wanted to sit in a booth in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to put on the suit that I couldn't put on for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I, I had a list of, I have a list of about 15 things that when they said, what's your goal weight? I said, I don't really have a number, but here's what I here's what I'm hoping to do. <laughs> and what was nice is one by one I started being able to do things. I've mm. this summer I went canoeing with my son mm. for forty five minutes and it was easy and we saw a bald eagle flying and mm. I um I'm wearing clothes I haven't worn in ten years mm. and I could fit in any chair and 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 mm. it's been it's been really um remarkable. Um and uh, and it keeps getting better. There was a there was a point brought up a whole bunch of feelings for you, which is this: How do you 
shift shame into gratitude? How do you how do you have the grace to do that? You know, and you just had these tears. Like, I, how can I not say I'm sorry, but say I'm thank you? How do I make that move? And that seems so important to you. Because shame was going to actually kill you. Yeah, and it's the shame and feeling that, well, I'm not worth it anyway. Like, you know, screw it. I'm just going to eat myself into an early grave and it'll be fine. My life is fine. And, right. you know, I and and I love milkshakes and I love fast food and it feels good. And, mm. and I am tired of the stress of having to think about it. And you said that a lot of this got triggered by, you know, that whole place where your relationship broke up and it was contentious and you could feel the anger, ang- you know, the grief of all that and starting to believe that maybe you're not lovable, you're not valued, you know, and almost almost this part of you, the shame part of you, just kind of building on it and building on it. And then somehow there was this grace of moving from shame to gratitude. Yeah, and it's it's the eating, one of the functions of it that I really recognized is you almost, I could eat myself almost into a coma. Mm. And so then I didn't have to, I didn't feel the shame. I didn't feel really anything. I was just bloated, mm. et cetera. Um, mm. Having... Surgical intervention is interesting. So I had um, bariatric sleeve surgery, and so they removed 75% of my stomach. Mm. So I physically can't eat mm. anywhere near the quantity. Um, and I really dealt with, well, is that a cheat? Am I cheating? Am I? Mm. And mm. Um, I'm, I'm going to use whatever tools are available. <laughs> this, you know, I'm turning 60 in a month. Mm. And... Mm. I I want that 10, 15 years. And mm-hmm. if doing this is going to get me there, mm-hmm. I'm going to take advantage of it. Um, and so it was, I, um, and I think part of is, and thinking about the times I tried and had not sustained the change, I'm trying, and to learn not to use the word fail, mm. that it was all Learning. part of a process. And, I just recently thanked my men's group because they've seen me over 15 years in all the times that I tried, mm. lost and gained and lost and gained. And and several of them were involved where I would call my food into them or we would go play tennis. And not once did they stand up and say, oh, you're doing this again? <laughs> uh, there were other people in my life who were saying that, but not this group. And I said... And there's, rather than shame, I just said, I ha- I want to thank the group for sticking with me mm. through all of those trials and tribulations mm. and the ups and downs and never once saying, mm. feeling judgment about mm. that, just feeling support mm. and we're doing the best that we can. And mm. what is it that we can do to help you? That, that often we come, what is it that we can do to help you? Yeah, what kind of support can we give you? And a lot of times it's just, mm. just listen. Mm. You said it earlier, that compassionate listening, that even in the groups that you're, the wellness groups that you're a part of and those support groups, that it was giving away compassion, listening to them compassionately, that kind of movement back and forth always benefited me. I always felt gratitude. And it felt like the most important part of the medicine of the process was this compassionate listening, as you described it. 
and you and and you'd ask about shame to gratitude. I think being able to experience it in the group and then as as a test and then starting to mm. open up to friends like my family and finding out, oh yeah, you know, we've been worried about you or whatever. And and learning to say thank you. Also being witness to other folks and their shame and watching that transform to gratitude mm. as an example to see mm. to see i think that's where the group work and, and i now I, interestingly i facilitate a um a support group within well for the weight and wellness when mm. the pandemic hit the support group couldn't meet in person they didn't know what to do and I know how to use Zoom. And so I just said, well, while, while we're waiting for the health care profession to catch up, if anybody wants to get together informally, and mm-hmm. I've been doing that now for six months where I facilitate a group mm-hmm. of men and women who are pre and post-surgery mm-hmm. trying to work through this. And um, and we just had an example of, of somebody who had all this shame and mm. we just acknowledged mm. and affirmed of what they were doing and to watch the smile and the, almost the tension and, and the person start breathing that, mm. that they have value. It's not about the size of the person. It's the, the, in some ways, the, we're, we're in a, um, we occupy this shell, mm. but that's not, it's, there's something more in us. That's who we are. Mm. And that's actually been really interesting now that I'm, I will say the number I'm down about 185 pounds and I am not from the body I'm in is totally unfamiliar to me. Mm. So I'm, I'm having to get to know this, this vehicle that I occupy is unfamiliar and it's been really interesting getting to know it Mm. um, and recognize it's just, it's a vehicle. It's not my physical doesn't define who I am anymore. Mm. Um, That's been a huge gift. Yeah. And the wellness journey is the, learning to take care of that vehicle, you know, and just learning to be with that vehicle and conversations with that vehicle and and watching people have shame about their vehicle in a way and watching people smile when they figure out how to make that shift, that just that little shift between shame to gratitude. You can, you can feel it and I wonder, I guess I wonder about what it's like now that you've gone 185 pounds and you went from can't get through the drive-thru without a love affair, you know, to to this moment in time where you feel awkward almost in your body. It's, um, yeah, I'm thinking, what's it like now? Um, It's funny, I drove by a McDonald's yesterday and felt the pull. And realized mm-hmm. I would, I can't, I, it would feel, it would physically feel bad. But I was like, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm, what's that, what's that about? I mean, there's, there's certainly a lot of stress happening mm-hmm. um, with pandemics and things. And um, uh, two months after the surgery, I was, <laughs> I, I had another, another gift. And it's, I guess I'd call it a gift in some ways. I was diagnosed with throat cancer and I went through, um, we caught it early. It was a follow-up visit for the surgery. And I went through seven weeks of radiation and chemo. And I'm just coming off of that now. Um, and feeling some of the side effects. Mm. The gift is food 
tasted really bad. So <laughs> you're like, I had another, if, if I was at a point where I would be pu- pulled into things, I, I lost my taste buds, just basically disappeared. They're just starting to come back now. And I have, my saliva glands are gone. And so uh, it, it, it very much contributed to my, <laughs> my, uh, my wellness journey in some ways. And uh, boy, I, I really have gotten to know the medical community quite well. Um, <laughs> I, I don't uh, recommend that as part of the program. By right. The way. right. Uh, um, but so I'm, I, I, um, I'm, I think the number one thing I'm feeling right now is curious, mm. which is a really, uh, that, I find that to be a really fun place to be. I'm curious mm. about how my body works. I'm curious how food tastes because mm. it changes every week. Mm. Um, I'm curious of trying new things. I just, uh, was able to walk for two hours at the botanical gardens up in Booth Bay. And I couldn't have done that a year and a half ago mm-hmm. um, without stopping a lot. And mm-hmm. in fact, the person I was with, I was ready to do another two hours. And and, and one, of, one of my challenges now is pacing myself <laughs> because, uh, you know, I am still somewhat fragile from the, uh, from all the stuff I've gone through. Um, but I felt great the next morning. I was great. It was the two hours was exactly the right kind. So learning what I can do, what I can eat. Um, and it's interesting meeting people, new people who didn't know me as a large person. Mm. Um, it's different than meeting people who haven't seen me in a while. And they're like, what the heck happened? <laughs> what the heck happened? You know, what's, right. what's going on? Um, so you can feel that curiosity. You can feel... You know, you can almost feel like a childlike part of you that wants to taste things, that wants to that wants to walk a little longer. And, you know, almost a, a childlike, I, I want to know. I want to know what my limits are. I want to know what I can do. Yeah. It's very curious and, and respectful, curious of your body. And what can I do now? I'm a, I grew up, my freedom was my bicycle. I mm-hmm. rode bikes. I had a paper route. And uh, I wasn't able to ride a bike for the last five, six years. And um, mm. so wh- one of the things I did, one of the things on my list was to be able to ride a bike. And I started doing research on e-bikes. And so I got a uh, electric assist bike. And oh my God, it's like being 10 again. It's just <laughs> it's so fun. Um, you know, you, you pedal, so you're getting some exercise, but then you, you can hit a little throttle and get a little assist. And so riding around Back Cove and, um, and I've overdone it. I, you know, I rode, <laughs> I rode, uh, I've done a couple 24, 25 mile rides where <laughs> by the end I ran out of juice on the electricity and it's a 75 pound bike and the last two miles. And then I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm crippled for a few days and, uh, you know, finding those boundaries has been interesting. And I also need to recognize that mm. let's, let's, let's not find that boundary as much as I had been doing it initially. Cause you know, I'm, I'm not 10. I am. And, and my body's been through a lot of trauma between the surgery and the, and the cancer that Mm. I need to be gentle. Um, Mm. but, oh, it's so fun being on that bike. I have to tell you, (laughs) uh, I can feel it. I can feel the, I can feel the excitement. There's something you said a, a few minutes ago that I felt the pull when you were sort of driving by McDonald's and felt the pull. And I wondered about that, you know, just, that was the f- first time again that, you know, since all of this has happened, that you even felt the pull. I wonder what you thought about that. Yeah, it's really interesting, and it's new. It just it just happened last night. Yeah. Um. And I had to like say, and and I did kind of old behavior, which is I just shut the thought down. I'm like, mm. Stop! 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 Just keep mm. driving. Just 
and and that's how it starts because then what will happen in my head is what I would do is I would say, stop, stop, don't think about it. Just do it. Just do the drive-through. Don't think about it. Just mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And it, I felt like I was giving myself a reward. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not quite sure what that was about. And I have my Tuesday night weight and wellness group that has several people that are a year, two years post-surgery that have gone through this. And so I'm like, hmm, mm-hmm. I'm curious Mm. And I have people in my community who I'm sure have gone through this, and I, I'm I'm really curious what it was for them because mm. um, I'm not sure. I mean, things are going really well. Mm. Is it maybe it's self sabotage? Maybe I I don't. It, it's the old script that says I don't deserve things to go well. And it's the shame again. The shame, or there's but there's definitely, you know, the uh, just because the weight is gone, the the dynamics that created that behavior isn't gone, and yeah. it, and shutting it down didn't work, yeah. won't work. Right. And it's interesting that we've talked about because I didn't until now think about that. I that I shut down that the pull. I just shut it down. I wouldn't allow that pull to have a voice, and that's how I got through it. But that's white knuckling. It's not sustainable. Right, and that's what you were saying earlier. Is that's what I tried to do, and it didn't really work. You know, and so now what you're trying to do is to say, okay, the pull has come. I want to have gratitude for the pull. Yeah. Yeah, where's the thank you? There's a thank you there somewhere. <laughs> I just haven't, I have to find it. But there is, there is. And there's a thank you for this forum right now where I, I've been able to process it a little bit and mm. didn't even really think of it because I shut it down. Well, thank you, Stephen. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just touched by... This, you know, this belief that we will not have it back, that we'll do all the right things. And the little parts of shame, the voice of shame, the, that, that negative self-talk uh, will somehow go away. And, you know, in terms of your healing, this is the next part of the journey. That's the thank you, is that, of course, I'm going to see a pull. Of course I'm going to feel the pull. And I can honor that and appreciate that. And it has history long before all of this. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, at this point, I have a pretty good understanding of all of the, mm. all of the millions of marketing dollars that people spend. They want, there's mm. a lot of positive reinforcement for, mm. for me to get pulled into fast mm. food. Mm. I mean, millions and millions of dollars and and mm. research and mm-hmm. the right level of fat, sugar, salt mm. to 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 appeal to my basic instincts. Mm. Uh, mm. And I know all that. Mm. Um, and yet the pulse still there. And that that sometimes it's been helpful to say I'm not gonna become captive of the marketing machine okay. that wants me to spend five bucks on a drive-through, and that I want to have power and control over and, my life. And that I don't want to be captive. I love the word captive over the oppression of eating and I'll feel better. When just feeling right. is better. Interesting. One of the the um, foods that taste good to me right now, or my taste buds, and 
is is uh, any kind of fish or seafood, which, mm. and so my fridge is loaded up with fish and seafood, <laughs> and and that's been that's been again, it's curious because I was mm. not mm. a big fish and seafood eater per se before, mm. and now I just oh scallops are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You you can uh, you can feel again that these things have a duality attached to them. You know that somewhere in your life. You know, small boy, you got an imprint between you and food. You know that it was somehow that which would comfort you, and you could feel it. And that imprint just kind of lived your life, and you wrestled with it in different ways, and you learned, and you learned, and you learned. And and you know, here you are today, living a whole new life because of all that learning. And one of the things you said, though, is I want. 10 or 15 more years with my children and my grandchildren. It's almost like there's something more important than any of this wellness journey. It has to do with love. That's, um, that was, that was a far once I realized that. This summer I rented a house on a, on a lake in Western Maine and my kids, their partners, and my grandkids were there. And, you know, I, I don't cry if I'm sad. I don't cry if I'm hurt. I cry when I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, when I feel that spirit or love, mm-hmm. when I'm aware of it is when it gets teary. And there was a lot that week mm-hmm. that I just watching my grandkids jumping off the float into the lake and putting my swimsuit and swimming out and jumping off it with them mm. and being able to do that mm. um, was just remarkable. Mm. It was just remarkable. Um, Again, taking, because if it was a year and or two years earlier, you would have felt a lot of shame. You would have watched from the sideline. You would have had a chair that was big enough. You would be smiling. You'd be you know, gr- gratitude for them, but but not involved. Almost like a distance between you and right. them. I I would participate. I would be the judge of the diving contest. Like I've mm. again, I got really adept at still participating, but with distance. Mm. And and my, I was in a little bit of a bubble, relative to what they were doing, mm. and there were activities that I wouldn't be included in because they knew they just wouldn't, they didn't want me to feel shame. So I wasn't invited. Mm. Um, this was much more in- inclusive yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and, and only will increase, mm. I think as mm. I, as I get better. Um, in some way there's been a gift of the pandemic where the need for distancing and isolation is giving me time to pace myself and to 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 recover is not quite the right word, but to continue on my journey of wellness. Um, you know, uh, when I was diagnosed with, when I had the cancer diagnosis, they said, you're susceptible. It was right when COVID hit. That day they announced at work that everybody should work at home. Mm. <laughs> it, was, it, was it was like, perfect. It's thank you. <laughs> That's right. Thank, like, okay, thank you. Cause I need to work at home. And, That's right. and no one work, you know, my boss certainly, I, I was told him, but nobody at work and my, mm. I have a, 
staff of a couple dozen people. None of them really needed to know what was going on at that point mm. because it was just the, the universe said, we're going to make it easy for you to work at home. Mm. There's been a lot of that. And mm. uh, that's that's that thing of shame to gratitude or mm. adversity to gratitude, finding the gift. Mm. It's once... I started recognizing it's almost hard not to see a gift in everything. Yeah, you can take any shame or suffering and just turn it, and you can see the gratitude of it. You know, even that little pull that you're driving by McDonald's, you know, there's just turning it as a gratitude. And just feeling that, you know, that, that sense of, Here's the shame. Let me turn it, you know, and let me be active in love. You know, that's what I heard when you were talking about being there with the, your grandchildren and diving off the thing with them and being funny and versus the guy that had to sit uh, in the chair and do the diving contest and adapt mm -hmm. and know that he he had a yearning to love deeper, but he wasn't able to. That was the shame part of it yeah it's it's so i i'm in this I've, I've been in a band for two years and my son and his partner are in the band and we're we're good and we were getting a ton of gigs mm -hmm. and when the pandemic hit we got on zoom and we started writing original music what i recognized is a year and a half ago the band was moving all my equipment and really accommodating mm -hmm. Now I'm carrying my own keyboard, mm -hmm. um, and it's it's just different. It's I think what you said makes sense. It's there's a deeper connection mm -hmm. because physically I can be more involved. Mm. I love that physically I can be more involved. I can I can be in life fully in this journey of wellness. I really appreciate this conversation so much. Is there anything you'd like to say to the folks listening to us uh, as we close this beautiful conversation? I love this idea that you've created of a conversation as opposed to an interview, which is a subtle thing, but I've been thinking about that. And when I listened to some of the other podcasts that you've done, uh, I was thrilled to see that you're on uh, the Apple podcast and Spotify. I think this is an important an important thing that we need during a time when this country is so polarized and so mm. angry. Mm. Um, there are such gifts that are happening that we need to, that I hope people become aware of. And I, uh, I think Stephen, what you're doing is, is helping us move in that direction. It's mm. my uh, daughter said, Rudy or dad, what can we do? And, She's printing out voter registration forms and bringing it to her restaurant. And she's, mm. I said, well, you're doing it. Just keep doing what you're doing. But there's having compassionate conversation, mm. regardless of political affiliation, I think is a is huge because there, there's a real opportunity mm. for a wellness program for this country. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for saying that. I, and I appreciate the, the contribution you've made just today to to talk about your journey of wellness. And, and you know, the, that whole idea of taking shame, you know, and just turning it so beautifully 
into gratitude. So thank you so, so much. And, you know, as, as you know, that, you know, the healthcare field is one of the places where we're hopeful that we can do one compassionate conversation at a time. And you met some people along the way, you found your own purpose and again, love of your children and your grandchildren. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for listening to today's conversation. I truly hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you find your podcasts. I'd like to give a heartfelt thanks to Coffee by Design and their Rebel Fund for their support to help make this podcast possible. Thank you again for being here. Take care.